It's the 14th day of December. I'm Jill. Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. So good to be here with you as it is every day and we are winding our way to the finish line of reading the Bible in chronological order another year. Pretty exciting, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Here we are today to stay in this present moment to center ourselves around the Word of God. So, Jesus, open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and open our hearts to receive. Finishing the book of Acts today, Acts chapters 27 and 28, and this week we're reading the voice translation, Acts chapter 27. The date was set for us to depart from Rome, and Paul and some other prisoners were transferred to the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a member of the Augustan division. I, Luke, was permitted to join Paul for his journey to Rome along with Aristarchus, a Macedonian brother from Thessalonica. We boarded a ship from Adramatium that was stopping in ports along the coast of Asia. We stopped the next day at Sidon, and Julius kindly allowed Paul to visit friends and be taken care of by them. We sailed from there north of Cyprus because the winds were unfavorable. We passed Cilicia and Pamphylia on our right and then came to Myra and Lycia. There Julius found a ship from Alexandria heading directly to Italy to which we transferred. The winds were still contrary, so we made slow progress for a number of days and with difficulty passed Snidus and sailed south toward Crete and passed Cape Salmon on its eastern end. Sailing conditions were adverse to say the least. Finally, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia on the south coast of Crete. We had lost a lot of time already. It was late in the year for sailing following the Day of Atonement and conditions had deteriorated from adverse to dangerous. Paul tried to warn those in charge. Sirs, if we proceed, I can see that our voyage will be dangerous and will involve heavy loss, not only of cargo, but of the ship itself, not only of the ship, but also of our lives. But the officer ignored Paul and instead trusted the ship's pilot and owner, who felt they could proceed. We had two choices. We could anchor in the harbor at Fair Havens and spend the winter, or we could proceed west along the coastline, hoping to reach Phoenix and wait there for calmer spring weather. Fair Havens was not a good option, though, being vulnerable to winter storms, so most of us agreed we should try to reach Phoenix, whose harbor was more protected. One day, a moderate south wind began to blow, which made an attempt possible. We weighed anchor and sailed west, staying near shore. Then things got scary. A violent northeaster, the Uraquilo, blew down across Crete. We were caught. We couldn't turn and sail into this fierce wind, so we had no choice but to let it drive us. We briefly found a bit of shelter from the wind near the island of Clauda. We had been having trouble securing the ship's lifeboat, but we were able there to hoist it up and send down cables to brace the hull, which was in danger of breaking apart under the strain of the storm. The wind was relentless, and soon we were again being driven southwest at the mercy of the storm. We feared it would drive us all the way to the citrus banks down near the North African coast, so we threw out the sea anchor to slow us down. 
All through the night, the storm pounded us violently. The next day, the crew threw the ship's cargo overboard, and the day after that, they discarded any of the ship's equipment they could do without. Days passed without relief from the furious winds, without a single break in the clouds, to see sun or stars even for a moment. Despair set in, as if all hope of rescue had been cast overboard as well. On top of all of this, the crew had been unable to eat anything because of the turmoil. Paul saw the crew had reached a critical moment. He gathered them. Men, if you had listened to my warning, we would still be safe in Crete and would have avoided this damage and loss. I was correct in my warning, so I urge you to believe me now. None of you will die. We will lose the ship, but we will not lose one life. So keep up your courage, men. The God I belong to, the God I worship, sent a heavenly messenger to me this night. He said, do not be afraid, Paul. I'm not finished with you yet. You are going to stand before the emperor. You can be certain that God has granted safety to you and all your companions. So listen, men, you must not give up hope. Keep up your courage. I have faith in God that things will turn out exactly as I was told last night. Here's what I foresee. We will run aground on some island. Imagine what happened. It's the 14th night of our nightmare voyage. We're being driven by the storm somewhere in the Adriatic Sea. It's about midnight, and the sailors are taking soundings, fearing we might run aground. 20 fathoms, somebody calls out in the darkness. Then a little later, 15 fathoms. We're nearing land. But hope quickly gives way to a new fear. At any moment in this darkness, they realize we could be smashed onto unseen rocks. So they drop four anchors from the stern and pray for first light. Then some of the crew decide to make a run for it on their own. They say they need to let out more anchors from the bow. And this will require lowering the ship's lifeboat. They actually plan to abandon us. We realize what's going on. Paul quickly speaks to the officer and soldiers. Unless these men stay on board, you won't survive. So the soldiers intervene, cut away the lifeboat, and let it drift away. We wait. Just before dawn, Paul again gathers everyone on the ship, all 276 of us. He urges everyone to eat and encourages us not to lose hope. Listen, men, we've all been under incredible stress for 14 days. You haven't eaten anything during this whole time. I urge you to take some food now because it will help you survive what we are about to face. And I want to assure you, not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. We're all going to make it, all 276 of us. Then Paul takes a loaf of bread and gives thanks to God in front of all of them. He breaks it, takes a piece, and begins to eat. A fresh surge of courage seems to fill their hearts as they also begin to eat. After satisfying their hunger, the crew lightens the ship by throwing the remaining wheat overboard. Day finally breaks. They survey the coastline and don't recognize it, but they do notice a bay with a beach, the best place to try to run ashore. So they cut the anchor ropes, untie the steering oars, hoist the foresail to the wind and make for the beach. But then there's a horrible sound and we realize we've struck a reef the bow is jammed solid and the waves are smashing the stern to pieces. The soldiers start talking about killing the prisoners so they won't swim away and escape. But the officer wants to save Paul, so he stops them. 
He tells those who can swim to jump overboard and swim to the shore. And those who can't, he tells to hold on to planks and to other pieces of the ship when it breaks apart. Some hours later, we reassemble on the beach, each one safe and sound. We quickly learn that we were on the island of Malta. The Maltese people found us and were extraordinarily kind to us. They kindled a bonfire and welcomed us around it, which we greatly appreciated because it was raining and cold. Paul was gathering firewood and helping build the fire. A viper had been hiding in some of the wood, and as it tried to escape the heat, it bit Paul on the hand. It sank its fangs in and wouldn't let go. The natives saw it dangling from his hand. This man must be a murderer. He escaped the sea, but now justice has caught up with him. Paul simply shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no harm. The natives knew what to expect, rapid swelling followed by death, but when they waited a long time and saw that Paul suffered no ill effects of the bite, they changed their minds and concluded that he was a god. The leading man of the island, Publius, owned large amounts of land near this beach. Publius received us and hosted us for three days. Publius's father was sick, bedridden with fever and dysentery. Paul visited the invalid and prayed for him, placing his hands on Publius's father. The man was cured. Some people from all over the island who had diseases came, and they were cured as well. We stayed on Malta for the next three months and were treated with great honor. When spring arrived, we prepared to continue our journey on a ship that had wintered there, an Alexandrian vessel with the twin brothers as its figurehead. The Maltese people showed us a final kindness as we departed. They came with all the provisions we needed for our journey and put them on board. We set sail from Malta and stopped first at Syracuse. After three days, we weighed anchor and came to Regium. We waited there a day, and then a south wind sprang up and sped us to Patchouli. We found some believers there, and they invited us to stay with them for seven days. Then we reached Rome. The believers from Rome heard we were coming, so they traveled out to meet us at the Forum of Apias and three taverns. Paul thanked God and felt encouraged to see them. Once inside the city, Paul lived under house arrest by himself, with only one soldier to guard him. Three days after his arrival, he called together the local Jewish leaders. Brothers, although I committed no wrong against our Jewish people or our ancestral customs, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. The Romans examined me and wanted to set me free because I had committed no capital offense. But my Jewish opponents objected, so I had to appeal to the emperor. Even though I had no charges against me and had filed no charges against my nation, I wanted to gather you together and explain all this to you. I want you to understand that it is because of Israel's hope that I am bound with this chain. We haven't received letters from Judea about you, and no visiting brother has reported anything or said anything negative about you. So we are interested in hearing your viewpoint on the sect you represent. The only thing we know about it is that people everywhere speak against it. They scheduled a day to meet again, and a large number came to his lodging. From morning until evening, he explained his message to them, giving his account of the kingdom of God, trying to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and the prophet's writings. Some were convinced, but others refused to believe. 
The Holy Spirit rightly spoke to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah. Go to this people and say, You certainly do hear, but you will never understand. You certainly do see, but you will never have insight. Make their hearts hard, their ears deaf, and their eyes blind. Otherwise, they would look and see, listen and hear, understand and repent and be healed. So let it be known to you that God's liberation, God's healing, has been sent to the outsiders and they will listen. Then the local Jewish leaders left Paul to discuss all he had told them. For two full years, he lived there in Rome, paying all his own expenses, receiving all who came to him. With great confidence and with no hindrance, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the ultimate authority, the Lord Jesus, God's anointed, the liberating king. Jesus, thank you for being here with us today as we have taken this time to center ourselves around your word and allow your word to speak to us. Give eyes to see to the blind and give ears to hear to the deaf. Open our hearts to receive all that you have for us this day and every day after. We pray this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily Audio Bible, that's home base. Check it out. That's the website. Take a look around. There is a store if you have not started your Christmas shopping just yet. Uh, something for everybody, hopefully. <laughs> uh, take a look around at the store. If you would like to partner with us here at DAB, thank you so much for your partnership. We could not do this without you. If you're giving by mail, D. ABPO Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174, or utilizing your mobile app, hit the Give icon up at the top right hand corner. Lastly, look for the Give icon on the website. If you need prayer, if you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in several different ways for you to do so, 800 583 2164. Or, once again, utilizing that app, hit the red circle button up at the top right-hand corner. You have two minutes on the prayer line. Hit submit, turn the wheel to chronological, and it will get to the right place. That's it for me today. I'm Jill. We'll turn the page together tomorrow. Start a brand new book of the Bible as we wind our way to the finish line. Until then, love one another. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you in perfect peace. This is Dorothy Jean Brown and will be known as my joy from now on. Giving thanks and glory to the Harding family for such a wonderful platform. It is my joy to be a part of such a wonderful program. And it is a blessing to have the Harding family give the reading every day, and then explain it. And to hear so many wonderful prayer partners praying for so many wonderful people. God bless you, and may he keep you in perfect peace. I love you, and it's my joy to love one another. Hello, my wonderful DAPC family. This is covered covered in his blood on December the 11th of 2023. 
You guys, I am sick with a cold, and Trayvon is actually swearing in as a group um, tomorrow. They're swearing in as a group on tomorrow, and then December 13th, they are catching a flight to Chicago to start their basic training into the Navy. You guys, please pray for Trayvon and these other, I think it's four more people that's going as well. Please pray that God will surround them with angels, wisdom, guidance, and that they would do good and they would all just get along. And they all will become best friends. They're all from Mississippi and they want to pair them together for when they left out. So I'm happy with that. You guys, my baby journey is about to begin. I don't know what I'm going to do, but... You guys, thank you for all your prayers. I love you guys. Have a great day. This is covered in his blood. Hi, this is Victoria Soldier. just calling to pray for some of the dabbers. I was good to hear from standing on the promises. It's good to hear your voice also standing on the promises. And I just wanted to pray for some of the people. I want to pray for the young man who's been out of prison for about 25 years. And he's having some challenges and and coping with, with the, with the, the changes of life. I want to pray for him and his family. I want to pray for the marriages, the young men, who's, young men and women are going through in their marriages and, uh, they, they, uh, they're having challenges that they can't seem to come together on. I'm asking for God to be in the midst of that, of that marriage and there's the families of those who lost their loved ones, who lost their precious father and their precious mother and even those who are, are going through with, with missing their children and being separated from their children, I'm asking for God to 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 come in and bless and make their Christmas merry and uh and bring families together during the holidays that they can share a, a, a thought with one another on love. Father, I ask that you have your way in the name of Jesus. I thank you so much for standing on the promises um, and mentioning my name. It's just good to know that that people miss you when they don't hear your voice. And it's so good to know that God is able to do exceedingly. We ask you to bless, Lord. We ask you to heal those with stage four cancer, those who are going through ALS. We ask you to touch, Lord. We ask you to heal. We ask you to deliver. We ask you for life and favor and to bless your people everywhere. And Lord, we'll give you the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a good day, Dabbers. Love you all. Bye-bye. 